Because the six traits of writing rubric isn't just for teaching writing in school, I thought it would be great for us to analyze it a bit and see how it can be used for our writing as we write novels or novellas or short stories. The six traits rubric is a framework that can take your writing from good to outstanding. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm excited to have you here today. The last few episodes have been more about writing and writing tips rather than interviews with published authors. And so I wanted to use this space to help all of us learn to be better writers. And today's episode is no different. Today, we're going to be learning more about the six traits of writing rubrics. So welcome. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm an award-winning multi-published author and former writing teacher. And I started this podcast to share some of the tips that I've learned from attending conferences and preparing lessons for my classroom and creating workshops for teen writers over the years. And this is also a place to listen to best-selling award-winning authors talk about their book. And pretty soon we'll be listening to Melody Carlson talk about her new book, Holly Varney, Kimberly Woodhouse, Suzanne Woods-Fisher, and more. So be sure you stay tuned to a Writer's Day podcast to hear more about these authors. But until then, we're going to look a little bit deeper into the writing craft. Today, we're going to dive deep into the world of writing. Specifically, we're going to explore the six traits of writing. Why? Well, because the six traits rubric isn't just for teaching writing in school. It is a framework that can take your writing from good to outstanding, whether you're a student, an aspiring novelist, or a seasoned professional. These traits are the building blocks of effective communication through the written word and the spoken word. But today we're going to focus on the written word. So let's get started. Before we delve deep into the traits themselves, let's talk a little bit about what they are. The six traits of writing are a set of characteristics that define strong writing. They're what you look for when you're reading a book. They're what you look for when you're drafting a story. They provide a clear structure for both writers and readers to understand what makes a piece of writing effective and engaging. I used to use it as a rubric for grading my students' work. And as I graded it, I also looked at my own work and thought, do I have these characteristics in there? So this rubric challenges writers to dig deeper and be more aware of structure, language, and the sound of their writing. Yes, that's right. Your voice in writing is you. So I know some of you out there are not planners or plotters, but organization and structure can help you out as well. And just because you outline something doesn't mean you have to adhere to that strict outline. You don't. So trait number one, ideas. The first trait is ideas. Every great piece of writing starts with a compelling idea. 
It's a spark that ignites the writing process. Whether you're crafting a persuasive essay or a thrilling short story, a research paper, or a novel, your ideas should be clear, original, and well-developed. Where do you get your ideas? That's a question I'm often asked, and I often ask that question of the authors that I interview. But it's not only where you get your ideas, but what you do with them. And a good writer knows how to brainstorm, organize thoughts, and present ideas in a way that captivates the reader. In my classroom, I used to model a brainstorm for my students so they could see how I develop an idea into an organized piece of writing. Modeling is an effective way to teach this characteristic of the six traits. Not just having ideas, but what do you do with those ideas? Trait number two, organization. I know some of you who go, who write by the seat of your pants are cringing right now, but organization is important. This trait is all about structure and flow. An organized piece of writing has a clear beginning, middle, and end. Whether it's an essay or a novel, readers look for these sections because these sections help them travel through your story. Yes, that's right. Even a nonfiction writing tells a story of sorts. So you need to organize your writing to lead your readers where you want them to go. I recently critiqued a few pieces of nonfiction and didn't see much organization or structure. So I reminded the authors, you're telling a story, whether it's a true story or fiction. You're taking your readers on a journey with you. So make sure you have it well organized and there's a logical flow between ideas. Organization and structure use transitions and logical sequencing to guide the reader from one point to the next. So even if it's a story, you have to have effective organization. I often tell students of writing that each chapter you write is pretty much a little mini book. It should have an intro, an inciting incident, the middle section, and then an ending that transitions to the next chapter. If you have this structure, the reader sees that something is developing. The action is rising. There's a danger coming and that crisis point that leads to the climax of the story and then the ending, the resolution. Effective organization makes your writing easier to follow and it will help you convey your message or story without confusion. And that's what you want for your readers. You don't want them to be confused and think, where is this going? I don't understand what the author is trying to say. So that's where organization comes in. Trait number three, voice. Voice is the third trait and arguably I feel it's one of the most distinctive. Voice is what gives your writing personality and style. Your voice should match the purpose and audience of your writing. When you pick up a Stephen King novel, his voice is very distinctive from 
a Faulkner novel or a Hemingway novel. Your voice should match, especially when you're thinking of the audience you're writing to. Yes, it's true. You need to know who your audience is. For instance, an essay. Well, if your instructor is reading your essay, you need to write to them and their qualifications. If it's a reader of your genre, well, research what other books are out there and selling well, and who are the readers reading these stories? And what are they looking for in a story, whether it's a romance or a murder mystery, a suspense thriller, or just a general fiction, you know, contemporary fiction? What are they looking for in a story? Now, that doesn't mean you follow a formula or a checklist, you know, the Heroine meets the hero in chapter one, check. The inciting incident ends in, you know, the first act, check. No, no, no. You want to have structure, but you also need to know what the reader is looking for in your genre. <clears throat> so it helps to know if the story you're writing is for middle grade or YA readers. Your voice should match those characters and the setting, the era that you're writing in. So read some YA books if you're not sure how the voice should be. Whether it's an authoritative or formal research paper, a conversational you know, blog post, or a whimsical voice for a children's story, your voice is what makes your writing uniquely yours. In my book, The Road to Home, I had a blast writing Molly because it took me back to when I was a 13-year-old girl. And so I had to remember that voice. And then when I wrote my award-winning book, The Children Under the Ice, I had to remember how to talk like a sixth grader. At the time, I was teaching middle school, so I was able to listen in on my students' conversations, to listen to the vernacular and how they joked around. And I even asked some of them, or some corny jokes that I could use in my story. It was a very fun writing experience, and I enjoyed writing in that voice. Now, for The Doors of Rome, my recent novel that I released, I had to change my voice. My main character, Millie, a frustrated middle-aged housewife. Now, because that's closer to my reality, uh, it was easier to write in that voice. That was pretty much who I am but not the frustrated part, the middle-aged wife part. So your voice in writing should be uniquely you. Remember that. You should read other books in your genre, but you should come through in your writing. So your readers know, oh, this is a book by so-and-so. I recognize their voice. Trait number four. Word choice. Trait number four is word choice. The words you select make or break your writing. Precise, vivid language paints a picture for your reader, making your writing more engaging. I had so much fun writing The Dragon Forest and then I researched castles, but I had to create my own castle setting because it's a fictional land, right? But I had so much fun taking the reader through the castle from the courtyard into the main hall, into the kitchens and where the maids and the butlers were. 
to the keep and what goes on there, to the blacksmith area, all of that was so much fun to create and describe. And of course, there were the battle scenes, and I had to watch several battle scenes that were in the Lord of the Rings movies and the movie Gladiator, so I could find the precise language to paint a picture for my readers of what the battle scenes look like. Do your best to avoid cliches. For instance, her heart beat inside her chest. Well, where else would her heart beat? In her hand? No. My editor used to always tell me, of course her heart is beating in her chest. What might be a better way to say that? So to show excitement, I said her heart beat hard against her sternum. So that helps you to avoid cliches and vague terms. Be specific, be descriptive, and use powerful words that convey exactly what you mean. This helps draw your readers in and adds depth to your writing. But again, make sure it's in your voice, that it's uniquely you. I started off writing real flowery terms. I was trying to write in a different voice, trying to impress my editor, who's very well read. And he reminded me, Ruth, write the way you write. Don't try and impress anyone or force your readers to take out a dictionary or a thesaurus. Talk to your readers, tell your story in your voice. So yes, word choice is important, but still remember to be you. Use your voice. Trait number five is sentence fluency. Sentence fluency is all about rhythm and pacing. Good writing has a natural flow, and it's achieved through varied sentence lengths and structures. Now, if you're character is in an action scene and things are really stressful, you're going to have short, punchy sentences. It can create tension or emphasis. You're not going to want to write long, complex, drawn-out sentences because that's not going to go with the tension that you're trying to create. But longer, complex sentences can provide depth and detail at a slower point in the story. Balancing these elements creates a harmonious reading experience for your readers, so keep that in mind. If you want to create tension, short, punchy sentences are better. If you're trying to convey a message or add depth and detail, then you resort to those longer, complex sentences. Knowing how to balance those is key, so read your story out loud. That helps you hear the pacing and the flow and the rhythm. And if it's there or not, then you can go back and revise. So practice reading your work out loud to someone or just to yourself so that you can hear the pacing and the rhythm. Number six, conventions. Finally, the sixth trait is conventions, and this refers to grammar, punctuation, and spelling. While it may seem less exciting than the other traits, conventions, this number six trait is absolutely crucial. Errors in conventions can distract the reader and remove them from your story. You might be in a very important part of your story, and grammatical errors removes them, and you don't want that. 
And in an essay or a blog post or an article, it can undermine your credibility. So attention to detail in this area is a hallmark of a skilled writer. That's why I can't stress enough the importance of hiring a professional editor. Whether you're just sending three chapters for a proposal or you are submitting the entire manuscript for publishing, hire a professional editor to do that copy edit for you to check for conventions. So that way your work comes across polished. Now for an essay or blog post or an article, you may not have to hire a professional, but ask someone to proofread it for you. You've been staring at your work for many weeks and you may miss a lot of those grammatical errors. So by asking someone else to proofread for conventions, that could save you a lot of trouble and avoid that undermining of your credibility. Well, there you have it. The six traits of writing, ideas, organization, voice, word choice, sentence fluency, and conventions. These traits can be a compass that guide your writing journey. Whether you're crafting a novel, a blog post, an article, or an essay, or even a heartfelt letter, keeping these traits in mind will help you communicate effectively and captivate your audience. And that's what we want to do. So that's a wrap up for today's episode of a Writer's Day podcast. And I hope that you found this exploration of the six traits of writing informative and even inspiring. Sometimes it's good to have that rubric to help guide us and make sure we are really honing our skills. And writing is a skill and we can always use help. So keep writing, keep refining, keep finding your unique voice in this world of words. And once again, thank you for joining me today on a Writer's Day podcast. Keep going forward one step at a time. And until next time, God bless.